0: Hi everyone, Luke here from Fragmento Films. Welcome to the Pictorialist. On today's episode, we're gonna have a little look at what's been going on in the camera world, but we're mostly gonna be looking at upgrading. I've been really fortunate to uh, grab some new kit recently, but none of my decisions were made lightly, and I wanna talk through some of my process. So we'll uh, be going through that right after this. Okay, so I'm super, super lucky because I've just uh, managed to upgrade a lot of my equipment. Um, It's taken me a long time of saving and trading ins and upgrading, but I finally managed to get myself a B cam, which was a Panasonic S5. And I managed to get myself an upgraded PC so that I can edit 4K footage smoothly. Um, And I've been very lucky this last few months for getting sort of equipment. Uh, But I basically made a decision that there were certain things that I thought about for a long time and it was about time I made a trade in now I've briefly touched upon how it can sort of you can sort of feel like you're keeping up with the Joneses when you look at uh, Influencers and that's you know, that is very much the case a lot of the time But really what you want to be looking at when you're upgrading your kit is do you really need to upgrade? Um A lot of the time, like I said in the previous episode, most cameras now are really highly capable uh, and it can be very easy to get caught in the zeitgeist of whatever the latest and greatest spec is. Uh, you'll see certain terms get thrown around like 8K, 6K and 120 frames a second and you know, a lot of these things are, they're valid, but it can be hard to see the forest for the trees sometimes when you're looking so closely at the specs. In reality, there's so many great cameras out there. Fuji have an, uh, the amazing X-T3 and X-T4. Sony have uh, amazing cameras that don't cost six grand. The Sony a7 III is still out there. It's a previous generation camera, and it's still an amazing camera. Um, For me personally, my process for upgrading, Mostly revolves around like the bang for buck factor, and I'm hoping to do more kit reviews that you'll find on my YouTube channel. Uh, and a lot of those reviews I've noticed do revolve around having a bang for buck, uh, which is basically getting the most perform getting the most performance for like a reasonable price. And that doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to get the best, best of the best Vanna's Sir performance, but you might have something that is like. The uh, like a jack of all trades that can do everything well, even even though it's not the best in any one particular area, it can do a lot of things well, and that's been my experiences uh, with these Lumix cameras. Um, it took me quite a long time to upgrade to the S one because I was very much caught in the reads about the autofocus, for example, and uh, you know it's true. These focus the autofocus system on this, which is a contrast uh, detect autofocus system. not as good as a sony or a canon and i do think panasonic probably will move over to phase detection uh, the next time around but for now you know um we've got these contrast detect um cameras and that put me off for a while and i really regret that it took me so long to finally make the jump because i found for photos actually really really competent for video i'm using autofocus uh, now but you're probably gonna notice with these cameras, if you were outside, you'd see pulsing and all sorts all sorts of things. Didn't really bother me. I found that these cameras were just a really great jack of all trades. And what really what really pushed me to upgrade was I was using Micro 4 cameras, which are amazing. And if you give them enough light, they do a really great job. But unfortunately, with my G9, for example, I was getting more and more into wildlife photography and i love landscape photography as well and there's two problems there well the my favorite time of day to go out shooting landscape is either early morning or late ev- or or late evenings i'm looking for those twilights um that's a problem with micro four third sensors it is true that the image stabilization allows you to compensate to some degree but it is only so far you could pu- you can actually push them it was even more of a problem for wildlife uh, I found uh, I had a Panasonic 100 to 300 lens on, which is like a 200 to 600 lens. It was had amazing reach, but when it started to get dark, I was really struggling to get photos of birds. But more importantly, these cameras started to become a bit of an issue when shooting weddings. Um, so my GH5S was was pretty good because it was actually really competent in low light. It had a dual native ISO or ISO which basically means it's essentially like two sensors in one to deal with, uh, one to deal with like an ISO range of like uh, 100 to, I think actually I think it was like 80 to 400, something like that. I can't remember now, but basically at a certain amount, it will switch over and a new, a new sensor board uh, will sort of take over and it will be, work better in low light. As amazing as the GH5S was and as amazing as uh, even the photo mode was, it was only 10 megapixels. Now as my business is growing I'm finding I have fallen more and more into the hybrid sort of category where photography is now equally as important to me as video and I fought for a really really long and hard time about what would be the best choice for me and I looked at I looked and compared lots and lots of specs and I ended up going for the S1. It's um big, it's a big camera, it's a heavy camera, uh, and it's contract detects autofocus, which is what actually stopped me getting it for so long. But the features on it were just amazing. Uh, and I'm I am i I'm still drawing very much towards film because that was my background and I just think these cameras are kind of unparalleled for what they offer in film. Yes, they have definitely been bettered by the Canon R5, Sony a, uh, A1, A7S 3 but I managed to get a great deal on my S1. I got it for $1,200 uh, pre-owned, and it was almost like new condition. And those camera, that camera has like anamorphic support. It has lots of different uh, flexible video options, uh, and it's got more uh, upgrade options on the way. So I've tried to buy something that's really versatile, and I found the autofocus was really good as well, but I've basically found it's really good all-rounder. Problem I had there was I had upgraded to an S1, still had one micro four thirds camera. The reason I'm always trying to get two cameras that are the same sort of mount if possible is for redundancy. If I'm going to photograph a wedding or something like that, I want or film a wedding, I want two cameras to be pretty much the same. Now this worked out really perfect for me because I was a bit gutted when the S5 came out at first and then I realised there are some big differences between the cameras but they use the same sensor which is really handy and the S5 is actually smaller than the, than the GH5. This is amazing for me because I was thinking about getting two S1s but it is a heavy camera and I do like to do photography and film for leisure as well as corporate and promotional. So what this allowed me to do is have a camera that really complemented my other camera, and I'm going to get very similar image results out of it. Also, means if I take this on a job, I've got instant redundancy. I've got two cameras where I uh, I can use it. the lenses from both cameras and have that amazing sort of um, sort of like Lumix, sort of like color quality and all those really versatile video options as well. So these choices weren't made light, lightly. I had been saving a long time. I've always actually traded up my gear. Um, and what I actually did was, I can trace back my, all my camera systems to Sony a Sony ZV1, I think it was a tiny little uh, camera that took mini DV tapes, sold that, got a Canon 5D Mark II. Found it was really a headache to have a separate recorder, um, and there's an argument there for having redundancy. But I found more and more it's better just to get everything as good as i can in camera and on certain jobs i will always bring a a second recorder for redundancy now i traded that in i got a gh4 because of the video options and eventually i've I've gone through like a gh4 g7 g9 so i'm not going out and just spending a big amount of cash what i'm doing is i'm I'm trying to strike while the iron's hot so i'm getting the best trading value and i was really lucky with these the S five. It was a camera I was planning on getting much later in the year, but they had a four hundred pounds trading uh, bonus on it, and the bundle also come with the Sigma twenty four to seventy art lens. So it just felt like the right time. And I do feel that there's there's been no announcements of a GH six, but I do think Panasonic probably getting ready to release another camera. Other companies are falling over themselves, and it's really ridiculous. So I guess one of my tips would be taking away from that whole sort of spiel is knowing when the best time is to actually get rid of your kit. It's it's okay to. So I love my Panasonic kit, um, but if I ever wanted to change completely, change systems or completely upgrade to something new, you've got to you've got to know. Number one, is it? Are you really going to benefit? In my case, I really did benefit from having the uh, more, more capable low light performance, which. I I, was, I did a lot of tests before I finally thought this I need to upgrade. Number two is knowing, keeping a close eye on how your cameras sort of doing in the market because when new stuff is released, the market uh trade after market prices are gonna fluctuate and not always for the best. If you leave it too long, you might end up losing out on some you know on a good trading uh a good trading offer or even a really good deal. Um, but if you're using kit that you're getting really, really good results out of, you best just stick with it because the cameras almost become like a fashion accessory. They're almost the same as like mobile phones now, where they're stumbling over each other. In fact, um, Sigma uh, have just announced a new camera, the FPL, which is super, super weird. Um, uh, Sony have got rumour to Sony and Canon have apparently got working on 100 megapixel cameras which i really don't doubt and it's hard to, to know when is the right time to go in and purchase a camera and my advice for you is it's not uh it's not an accessory it's a tool and there's tons of great cameras out there and uh, the tw- my panasonic s1 it's a 24 megapixel cameras that are coming out now are like 50 megapixel plus it's actually it's to me, that's kind of off-putting. I actually quite like the sort of for personal preference, like between 20 to 36 is is really good. But like 50 megapixels, you have to then take into account how much space it's gonna take up. There's some clear benefits, there's always benefits. You know, you can say, well, I need 8K because it's 8K and it's gonna be an amazing resolution and I'm gonna be able to crop in and do it. Yes, you can do all of that, but you might find you're, that in practice you're not actually doing that and it's taking up a hell of a lot of room to to even do that so you're going to have to invest then into more hardware whereas if you buy a previous a previous generation or get pre-owned get yourself a sony a 7 III, fujifilm xt4 uh panasonic gh5s um these cameras are going to allow you to stretch use your budget much more wisely. What I was really able to do the last few months was it's definitely cost me quite a bit of money but because i've been trading in and looking for deals and not just getting the latest and greatest thing that every single that gets sent to every single influencer and youtuber i've not been constrained to these crazy high budgets you know lights that cost like a grand and, and people and it just always makes me laugh when they sort of say oh these are quite cheap and it's like they are cheap in relevant to film lights but i wouldn't be using those lights if i was on a film production anyway. it's unlikely uh, and i was really lucky to get some like really great lights which i'm hoping to do a review of on my youtube channel um and get lots of other really really good equipment that's ultimately going to feed into my um how my films and photos look if i just get a camera and a really expensive lens all i've got is a camera and an expensive lens if i've not invested in my lights sound equipment and lots of other things that are part of that creative process and ultimately it doesn't matter what camera i use because the camera's not going to do all of the all of the work for you it is just a tool. so you got to weigh up what it is you're buying and if you really need it You'll probably actually end up finding that because you want to keep such a close eye on when the best time to actually trade in your equipment in, if at all, that other pieces of equipment become way more valuable because you're probably going to hold on to things like lights a lot longer. You might invest in a lens system that you're going to hold on to for a long period of time. You mics are absolutely fundamental um, for, for any filmmaker. And if you break down, one exercise I really like to do is have a budget and then break down what I can get, what else I can get with that budget. And uh, I I touched upon this in the last last episode as well, which is basically, you know, if you're going to get a Sony A1, break that down and see what else you can get. So if you are thinking of upgrading, really make sure that it is definitely needed in order to help you as a creator and your business grow. I still, like in the last episode, still suffer from gear acquisition syndrome and I'm absolutely obsessed. So it can be really difficult to know what I you know, really need. And I've definitely got more than a few purchases that I didn't really need to make. But I've got better and better at being a lot more selective with what I buy now and Finding, once you get into the habit of trying to find good deals, it's actually quite rewarding once you've got something that really does have that bang for buck uh, factor. Um, And don't forget as well, you want to be upgrading your skills. So invest in yourself. Um, I've signed up to some courses on Udemy. Um, uh, Basically, I want to learn some kinetic text. I want to get better at After Effects. And I'm looking at some other things as well. But you constantly want to be upgrading yourself. That's how you ultimately get the best use out of the tool that you're using. So there's a lot to the world of upgrading. Um, And it can be very, very daunting. But literally, if if you've got your head in the videos, you know, listening to video after video after video, have a bit of a break. And if you've already got a camera, go out and do something with it and do something creative and test it. When I tried, finally traded in my G9, I did a few tests uh, at, around dark just to see how it was holding up in the uh, in the sort of darker sort of light hours. And I found I could push it a bit further, but I ultimately found that if I was, I thought to myself, if I was on a wedding now and I was doing photographs and it was dark, these photos aren't going to look great. I can't have that. I need, to, I need to upgrade so it was out of necessity and then fundamentally like I said earlier I found I needed to make sure I had um kit that closely matched each other and this S5 is amazing because it's so light that I can use it on a gimbal without breaking my back so my S, I do see my S1 as my sort of a camera because it's just like a tank it's so reliable as well it just feels really well the, the, the feel of it feels like a step up from the s5 and that's not a slur on the s5 the s5's an amazing all round camera uh and i and i actually think i'll probably end up using the s5 more because uh for leisure use so i'm probably gonna get used more but i see the s1 as the camera that it's serious business so if i'm going to film for a client that is going to be my a camera um i always weigh these type of things up um you want to keep an eye on my youtube channel uh, in fact if you're watching this on youtube it would mean a lot if you sort of subscribe um it takes a while to get these podcasts aren't massively long to put together i have a rule where i try to do as little editing as i can on this this is all off the top of my head i have a couple of topics and then i just speak and luckily i can kind of speak for england as you can probably tell but it does mean a lot especially when i'm doing the more demanding type videos if you subscribe and just show me some su- uh, support uh, i also like communicating with people as well so if you have anything you know you want to talk about or from this video then leave a comment and i'll get back to you and if you're listening to this on um sound on a uh, spotify or apple or uh, or wherever you get your podcasts give me a follow it really does mean a lot and if you're one of my mates as well this would mean a lot even if you don't want to listen to me talking about nerdy camera stuff just leave me on in the background help me get my uh, my views up and my listening time up a little bit it would really really mean a lot it's probably a shorter episode today the key that i'm trying to go for at the moment is consistency and this is quite similar to the last last episode but i still had some things on my head that i wanted to sort of like get off my chest um next time we'll probably look at something completely different i might do a list as well i've got bunch of ideas floating around if you do enjoy today's episode like it follow me would really really mean a lot and i'll catch you next time see ya the pictorialist follow us on itunes spotify or wherever you get your podcasts